survived yet another shooting this week? You know, it's uh, it's been an interesting week, Ian. Um, I, unfortunately, I didn't come home from the bar drunk quite late enough to get caught up in the crossfire. Um, but uh, he's still out there. He's still in the building, so there's always next weekend. Uh, we could, you're just trying to cheer me up. No, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. You're just cheer, so tr- trying to cheer yourself up. Exactly. Exactly. Um, forewarning to all our, to our, to our, what, two listeners now? I don't even know if we'll have any this week. I'm going to be drinking a bunch of beer during this podcast. We're going to see how many I can drink in an hour. Right now we're on one, and I'll keep you posted as we move through. But if I start slurring my words and my takes get even more outrageous than they are originally, I can blame it on the alcohol. Yeah, that's totally why my picks have been so bad this year. It's all is that it? All because of the we, alcohol that I've totally been drinking during the podcast. The Stone Cold Lock of the Week, I haven't picked it yet, but uh, we're, we're looking pretty good so far. I think I've only lost one. Um, so we'll, we'll have to take a gander at that when we get to the pick section of today's podcast. But let's go back to what else I was right about, Ian, and uh, to kick off this podcast, and that's the LSU Tigers. I told you last week that LSU was going to win that game because two was coming off an ankle injury. To be fair, to be fair, how much of it did you watch? I was I was blackout drunk by two thirty on Saturday. Perfect. Okay, so so for for the listener that didn't watch it, um, really, I think Alabama probably could have won that game. Uh, Tua fumbled the ball somehow mysteriously. Was the fix in? I don't know, but um, they just drove right down the field beginning of the game. Tua fumbles the ball at, like, the two-yard line. LSU picks up the ball and scores. Uh, LSU jumped out to a pretty hot start. And Bama got it within seven. It looked like maybe they were going to take the lead and uh, just couldn't come overcome that early first-half deficit. Burrow looked great. LSU's defense suspect again. Um, I get it. Tua's great. But their offense – Bama's offense didn't look, look too – tantalizing on Saturday. It is worth noting um, they did still score 41 points. And I understand there was the pick six, but still. Right. I mean, they, they put a – LSU's defense just – I mean, as long as you're scoring a bunch of points and nobody can stop you, it's going to be fine. But I, I'm – you know, the pessimist in me thinks that there could be a game, maybe against Auburn, where that offense just isn't clicking like it was against Alabama. And uh, we maybe see them lay an egg. Burroughs due for a bad game. I'm on the LSU train all day. I think they're the best team in the country. But, uh, you know, they're, they're due for a bad game is what it feels like. I, for one, am looking forward to uh, Ohio State versus Minnesota to determine the real best team in the country. Because we all know that the Golden talk, Gophers are up there. Talk to your kids about an undefeated Minnesota. How about that game, huh? Did you watch I that? I did watch well, that it was game. That was a nooner. That was a nooner, so I'm sure you did see I that did one. I did see that one. I was in Morgantown this weekend. And uh, that was, any any personal injuries? Well, I did not sustain any personal injuries. Although I was with a Penn State fan that was about ten seconds away from committing seppuku. <laughs> That's a great seppuku reference. Um, so, did you where'd you watch it? Sports page. Uh, that's where I saw the second half. They sh- Penn State should have won that game. That that last minute interception was just such a poor decision. Things just yep. didn't go their way. They just had every bad break in the world and Minnesota was surprisingly able to take advantage of their one weakness on defense, which was a, sh- a couple shoddy corners. Uh yep. and that's all they needed. And I don't think Minnesota stands a chance when they end up going up against uh, Ohio State. I am far more interested in the Minnesota-Wisconsin game now. That seems like it'll be very competitive. Fun fact, and it actually goes into picks for this week, Minnesota is not favored in their game against Iowa this week. Is that at Iowa? See, that's got to be it. I I don't think Vegas is is a big believer in Minnesota yet. And and honestly – that's going to be one of those, I think, sucker picks where everybody's going to take Minnesota. And I'm all about Minnesota. I would love to see them be undefeated and play Ohio State in the championship game. But, yeah, I don't know, man. I, I could see that going, 
you know, an Iowa's favor because that's their first big game on the road. I mean, they really haven't played anybody tough on the road yet. Iowa's a solid team. Kirk Ferentz always coaches those kids up. Um, it'll be interesting to see this weekend for sure. That, that line is uh, – I'm trying to find it here. It's minus three if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, that's a sucker line all day. I love Iowa in that game. That might be the Stone Cold lock of the week right there. I, Iowa plus three. I don't know, man. P.J. Fleck is just rolling. I understand it, but Iowa just hasn't been super impressive all year. Should have lost that game against Iowa State. Did lose this past week against Wisconsin. I just I don't have uh, that. That's getting more into the picks though, so we can we can discuss that further on. But how about how about that? Minnesota still undefeated. Baylor being taken to its limits against TCU. That's a rivalry game. I'm gonna let it slide. I think we're gonna find out who the real Baylor is uh, on Saturday when they get Oklahoma at home. Oklahoma favored by ten and a half points in that game. Honestly, I, I think we could probably curtail our our review. This week, just because there's a lot to discuss in the picks. There are a lot of interesting games and lines this weekend. Oh, yeah, big big time. So is there, uh, besides tr- ha- uh, trying to rub it in my face that Joe Burrow and the Tigers won against Alabama, uh, and the fact that, well, Alabama's still going to end up winning the national championship because we all know how the committee is going to select it, uh, is there anything else we wanted to say about college football? Yeah, what the fuck is going on with West Virginia? Um, our offensive line still terrible. Uh, we don't. Our quarterbacks don't seem to know what they're doing. Uh, I think that's actually yep. the reason why I started. I blacked out by two thirty. Well, I mean, it's not. They were playing from behind the entire game too, so I can't. Texas Tech scored scored touchdowns on their first five drives. Yeah. Like I, and so once again, second half the the team really played a lot better. But the first half, I just don't think that Neil Brown was expecting what they came out with, and that they just couldn't make the adjustments fast enough. Yeah, I don't think we were ready to get punched in the mouth like that. And honestly, my biggest letdown to that game was how well the defense played against Baylor to just how they absolutely shit the bed against Texas Tech. I mean, guys out of position. Um, you heard Vic Coning talk earlier in the week about how we needed to really be prepared to stop their screen game, and they don't throw, throw a screen the entire first quarter. Um, I'm not going to rip on the coaching staff too much just because I, I think they're playing with a really empty cupboard right now. Um, well, that's the thing is, and if you, there are plenty of times when a coaching staff will go into a game and they have the wrong plan for that game. But usually you have enough talented players or experienced players that they know what to do on the fly. Like a, half of the team is starting, this is their first year as a starter. I, actually, I think it was uh, two-thirds of the starters we have this year are starting for the first time. So they don't have the experience that they would need to have for this sort of situation. And Neil Brown, they, they clearly made corrections in the second half, holding them to just, I think it was just one touchdown in the second half. But it just wasn't enough. I'm going to read to you our 2016 football commits we got. Okay, 2016? Best, 2016. These are kids that should be senior leaders on this team right now. Okay? National rank 39th, 4th in the Big 12. Number one, recruit overall, Brendan Ferns. Never played. He got hurt. Number two, Steven Smothers. I think he transferred. I don't even know what that, what that kid's doing now. Never heard of either of them. Um, Smothers was supposed to be really good. I think he got kicked off or he transferred. <clears throat> he transferred to Arizona. Number three, Kaiser White. Only played two years, junior college. Number four, Justin Crawford. Raped his kids. Number five, Martel Petaway sitting out in redshirt. I'm sorry, year. can we take a step back? What did you just say? You didn't hear about the Justin Crawford story I, at WVU? I thought that was Jamal Crawford. No, that was Justin Crawford, the guy that worked at fucking Taco Bell to pay his bills, also raped his kids. I totally thought that was Jamal Crawford, the former running back. No, that's Justin Crawford, the former running back. Oh. Yep. I don't know yep. why I thought his name was <clears throat> Jamal. We won't go down that path. Um, (laughs) 
Martel Petaway, number five, sitting out, not good enough. Number six, Kennedy McCoy, starting running back. Number seven, Marcus Sims, two DUIs kicked off the team. Number seven, Zach Sandwich, plays a limited time at linebacker. Number eight, Cody Saunders, pro-style quarterback. I think he transferred. I don't know what he's doing. Number 10, 11, I don't know. We're just going down the list now. Sean Mahone, ever heard of that guy? No. The next guy you get to, the next two, Chase Barrett and Josh Sills, two offensive linemen who are average at best. Jacob Long doesn't never played. Elijah Battle played a little bit, but he was a, a junior college guy. Trayvon Wesco not on the team. Jacob well, I mean, Bruce, Trayvon Wesco got did hurt. go to the NFL. Right, but these are all junior. I'm saying like this is a class that would be seniors. This well, year. that was the that was the problem with Dana Holgerson as the coach is that he was a shit recruiter, and so his only option was to tell a bunch of junior college players, hey, you'll only have to be here for two years, you won't have to really go to classes, and then I'll, give, I'll put you in such a good offense that you'll have a chance in the NFL. That was his pitch. That was the only pitch he could provide them because it damn sure wasn't going to be his personality. Let's, let's, go, let's, go to, uh, let's go to 2017, your juniors. Derek Pitts kicked off the team. Kelby Wickline, backup guard. He's our second best recruit, plays backup. Tevin Bush. Uh, did he transfer? I think he transferred or got kicked off no, the team. No, he's still there, isn't he? I think he transferred. Or he put it, he's in the transfer portal. Oh. Reggie, Re- <clears throat> Reggie Roberson transferred to SMU. He's having a hell of a year. Kenny Robinson, defensive back. David Sills, NFL. Quandarius Qualls got hurt. Lamont McDougal transferred. I mean, I don't – you got to get down here to, like, the bottom of the bottom. Darius Stills is the only impact guy in here. Darius Stills is an X-Reload who played a little bit, right? Darius Stills is so good, though. He's a fucking stud. But he was like one of the worst guys in this class. Like second or third from the bottom. So my point being, we've just got no fucking talent on this team. Nobody's old. They're all young. We got to restock the cupboard. But Saturday was disappointing. I could go down this rabbit hole and vent about it all fucking day. But Saturday was very disappointing with the way we started. Um... I could tell in Neil's press conference he was upset. And I don't know, it was good to see. It wasn't like the classical Dana Holgerson, yeah, I just got to go out there and <clears throat> coach better. And, you know, these kids just don't fucking listen to me, blah, 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 blah. You know, it was like Neil was almost like kind of begging us to stick with him. And I, I think, you know, I think we're going down the right path with him. Saturday was just a little hiccup. I think so. Uh, I, I, I remain in the position of not having faith in us winning any more games this season. How about uh, um, uh, what was his name? Devontae Mathis? Was it Mathis? Tony Mathis. Yeah, did you watch? I mean, you blacked out by 10, 30, 2.30, but did you see any of the end of the game with Jarrett Dagey and, and Tony Mathis? No. M- Mathis being the running back. Mathis showed – this is going to sound extreme. Just take it with a grain of salt. Mathis wears number 24. He's, uh, he's kind of short and stocky. Mm-hmm. Long, long dreads. I mean, I'm telling you, like, I looked out there and I was like, why the fuck is Marshawn Lynch playing running back for us? <laughs> okay. Guy's like, guy runs real hard. He's got good footwork. I think he's going to be a stud. Um, and Daggy had better velocity on the ball. Kendall underthrew like seven passes. I've been on the Kendall train all year. Saturday was disappointing because he underthrew guys, and I think it goes back to his hand being hurt. It's the only explanation I have for it. But he underthrew so many fucking receivers that could have been touchdowns. That game could have been could have been much different if if, if um, Kendall hits those those receivers in stride. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the Kendall. I Kendall's been the victim of circumstances here. I didn't expect him to be like. Uh, all-American levels, but I expected him to be better than he is this year. And it doesn't help when our run game is basically non-existent and our offensive line is playing the Matador blocking scheme. But it's... Right. Uh, I, I think that that's, that's the best explanation I can provide is... Because I think he has, he has the arm strength to be able to throw it as deep as he needed to. And I'd like to think that he has the awareness, but I think he's just gotten so jumpy. He's he's probably in the Sam Darnold's mindset of seeing ghosts. Yeah. <laughs> go, 
ghosts of staying in Oklahoma behind that bigger offensive line, right? Oh, yeah. It's, it's so weird, though, that he also decided to transfer over when we have the biggest void of talent that we've had in, I think, like seven or eight years. You know, we lost a lot of guys on defense that I think kind of put us behind the eight ball with all those guys getting kicked out and then Marcus Sims leaving, who was supposed to be like a stud receiver. Yeah. You know. It's amazing what two DUIs are going to do to you. Yeah, it's amazing he got away with one, and uh, it took the second one to really ruin him. But anyway, um, so talk, speaking of uh, of, of ruined um, – what the fuck are the Miami Dolphins doing? Uh, they, I think they might end up firing Brian Flores for not going with the program. I don't think that he re- they realized that he actually has the potential to be a very good coach. And that, uh, I mean, sometimes you just need to fire someone when they don't fit with the, with the culture you're trying to build. And he, they're clearly trying to tank, and he's just not getting on board with it. Okay, sorry, I had to run and get another beer. Uh, that's number two. Um, yeah, so can the, better question, can the Dolphins make the playoffs? Can they? Hypothetically, yes. They would have to win every remaining game. Follow-up question, if they make it to nine, make it not even to nine and seven, because they still have the Patriots left on their schedule, which would be, with the, just the talent differential, would be a Herculean task. Can if they make eight and eight, is Brian Flores the coach of the year? Yes. Yes. That team was horrible. I mean, they were horrible at the beginning of the year. They lost like the first game, like what, forty two to nothing against Lamar Jackson, right? Fifty nine to three, I believe. Yeah, they got smoked, dude, and everyone worth a shit left. Minka Fitzpatrick is no longer there. Laramie Tunsil is no longer there. Kenyon Drake, Drake is no longer there. They traded Ryan Tannehill, their starting quarterback, who's apparently decent because he's outperforming Marcus Mariota in Tennessee right now. Like, they just cleaned house and thought, well, that's good enough. And Brian Flores came in and was like, nope, we're still winning a few games. Not today, motherfuckers. Granted. Because, you know, here's the thing about Flores, though, right? Is like Flores Flores is in a tough position because he wants to win. Yeah. And if, if he goes 0-16, he's going to get fired. Yeah. Right? So he has to win. He has to go out and try to win. And honestly, he's making his case for like, look at you, motherfuckers. You are giving me nothing. And I'm, I'm, I'm turning fucking coal into diamonds for you right now. You know? Oh, yeah. The uh, maybe maybe not diamonds, but like cubic zirconium. Close I mean, enough. but if you look at their schedule, and I'll pull it up, it's not unreasonable to think that they have the potential to do this. So the they obviously still have a few, uh, they have a game against the Patriots left, which it's hard hard to imagine that they'll be able to get off with a win on that one. But if you look at everything else that they have going forward, sorry. They get Buffalo at home. Yeah. Okay. On the road at Cleveland. Toss up. Uh, how's that game going right now, actually? I believe it is 10-0 Cleveland, but let me confirm. 7-0 Cleveland. Yep. So on the road at Cleveland, I wouldn't be surprised if they caught Cleveland off guard. Mm-hmm. Uh, Philadelphia is just kind of inconsistent because they're in the NFC East, and that's just what NFC East teams do. They're either that's at home, yeah. At the New York Jets, well, Adam Gase is probably the worst coach in the NFL. Him or Freddie Kitchens, that's a win. And then they're at the Giants, so that's a win. I mean, let's right? not let's not just start laying it down as wins, but these are possible wins. Cincinnati, the worst team in the league, because they actually have managed to get less talent than Miami on their team. Yep. Yep. And then yep. at so, New so, England. So they are very okay. possibly, and, they are within striking range of winning every game until the last game of the season. And if the Patriots have already uh, like cinched up the number one overall spot. Yeah, the Miami could. could win that one too. Yes. yes. They could. Holy they could, shit. Yeah. 
And, you know, I wow. wouldn't be surprised if they went with resting some players and let that happen just to make Brian Flores look good because that's just the kind of, like, I think that they, uh, Bill Belichick actually really liked Brian Flores. That, that, what a, what a story that would be. You get a nine and seven, a nine and seven Dolphins team. If they win this weekend, I'm on the Dolphins train. You get a nine and seven Dolphins team, uh, in the playoffs because the Patriots are tanking, not tanking, but the Patriots rest their starters because they don't have to play anybody. Yep. And the Dolphins sneak in on a 9-7 and seven wild Just card. in case anyone's wondering, Buffalo could easily collapse because they have a very tough second-half schedule. Because they still play, yeah. I think they still play the Cowboys, the Eagles, the Patriots. Uh, like, some very difficult teams. It is not unreasonable to think that Buffalo could collapse and lose four, of their, four or five of their last uh, seven games. Then... If, if, Bu- if Buffalo loses this weekend... And you get they go they get Denver so that's probably a win but then they go to Dallas that that could be a loss they get Baltimore at home that's probably a loss Lamar Jackson's playing out of his ass on the road at Pittsburgh that could not an easy game that could be a loss with how that defense is playing that'll be a defensive struggle if I've ever seen one right and then and then Buffalo at New England the second to last game that's a loss for sure because that'll be the last game before the Patriots rest everybody. Yeah. And then they get the Jets. So that last weekend, what an interesting dynamic that could be if you're looking at, so we got one win over Denver, right? Yeah. We're assuming one win over Denver. If they collapse, they get one win over Denver. And then also a win over the New York Jets in the last week of the season, I would expect. They're eight eight and six. They need one more. Even if they beat Pitt. If they beat Pittsburgh, right? Yeah. So now you've you've got them at nine and nine and... Seven. Nine and whatever. Yeah, well, yeah, nine wins, but coming into that last game, they lose, and they're tied with, with Miami at nine and seven. Miami makes the playoff. That's insane. Uh, well, then, that and is then insane. Look, look at the other two teams that are in the wild card discussion right now. They are the Oakland Raiders and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, Oakland actually looks like the smart choice for wild card. Because they have probably the easiest schedule for the rest of the season. Because they still mm-hmm. play the Chargers again. I think they still play the Broncos again. Uh, fuck. Who else do they play? They do still have to play the Chiefs again. But I wouldn't be surprised if things went a little bit better this time. Yeah. Yeah, the Chiefs are are somewhat down. Yeah, I don't. Right now, I, I don't really know. Well, granted, I can never really tell what's going on with whenever someone plays the Titans because those games just seem to be made up. I, I <laughs> I'm not joking. They, they, I, I mean, I they, I am joking, they, but I'm not. They sit. They 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 don't play the game. It's all a simulation. But they sit in a room with some crayons and construction paper and and just play make make believe for four hours essentially have you ever watched a fucking titans game that's how it fucking feels oh i've watched a titans game but i mean just look at look at the schedule i'll just go through it Bengals, that's a win for oakland jets that's a win mm-hmm. for oakland cheat at yep. Chiefs, so that's probably a loss versus the titans that could easily be a win versus the jaguars that could easily be a win then at the chargers and at the broncos if they win all of the games that uh you would expect them to and even if they lose uh two of them they're still at 9 and 7 right so right so 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 really we're coming down to to two wild we're, we're coming down to a wild card race where everyone's going to be probably 9 and 7 uh probably I'm actually curious because Pittsburgh is. Let's look at Pittsburgh. That's the other five one. They play four. the Bengals again. Yep. They play the Bengals again, so that's six and four. Cleveland at home, seven and four at Arizona, which could be a tricky game. Arizona's playing better now. I um, mean, they've been playing decent all year. They just don't yeah. have any talent outside of so, like David Johnson hasn't been playing his way. Larry Fitzgerald seems to be just uh, an ageless wonder. Christian Kirk has stepped up, and Kyler Murray's there, but on the defense, they have, like, three total players. Pittsburgh, well, we, we said Buffalo was going to lose to them. That puts them at eight. They're going to beat the Jets. I mean, they have Cincinnati, which is an automatic win. Yeah. 
Cleveland again in two weeks. But Cleveland, that'll be a tough game. Cleveland's beating them now. Yes. So they could be five and five. Ah, oh, man. They got to win three more out of five. And really, it's only two because Cincinnati's a win. So they'd have to pick up – no, they'd have to win four more. So really three more. So they'd, they'd have to beat Cleveland, Arizona, and the Jets. And they could lose to Buffalo and, and Baltimore. Yeah. Man, it's going to be an interesting wild card race. Oh, yeah, it is. And that's not even looking at the NFC. I love how this started with us looking at the possibility of the, uh, the fucking – who is it? Dolphins, Dolphins making, making the playoffs. playoffs. I know. I mean, you, you, so you're saying there's a chance. I mean, seriously. Wow, the Los Angeles Rams are still in, are still one game. Well, I guess they're two games back of the wild card. I think that the wild card for the NFC is pretty much decided already. Unless, yeah. unless the Vikings collapse. Because the Seattle Seahawks are one of the, probably the four best teams in the four or five best teams in the league. And so I don't see them faltering. And then Saints, Packers, and 49ers are all up there too. 49ers, though, their yep. schedule is tough. Yeah, and they're playing good football. Dude, I mean, they should have beat Seattle, honestly. You know, I don't know. That was a pretty um, back-and-forth game. But I guess when I say should have, I, I could say you, you should say they were in the game, right? It's not they like they got blown out. They could have. I mean, if they, if they hadn't have just completely bungled that kick. Right. Also, exactly. how about the, just the weird statement for Booger to come out and say, the moment was too big for him, when he had literally just made a game-tying field goal with one second left on the clock. Booger sucks. He is the worst color Booger commentator sucks. in the business. Why would you hire anyone named fucking Booger? I don't know. It, you know, like, when I think of Booger, I think of, like, a three-year-old, like, picking his nose and eating it. Not of an NFL color commentator. No one... Have you ever met a smart guy named Booger? Because I haven't. I've never met anyone named Booger. He is the one person I've ever heard of with that name. Booger setting a bad tone for people named Booger. I feel like everyone named Booger sets a bad tone for people named Booger. Yeah, I mean, you know, you don't get that name because you're clean-cut and smart. You get that name because you fucking sniff glue as a four-year-old. Oh, yeah. But I digress. So uh, um, I think it's about time that we had to dumpster fire the week because uh, we just spent way too much time looking at the playoff chances of the Miami Dolphins. Hey, but that's what makes this podcast interesting. That's why our two listeners tune in every day to hear hot fucking takes like the uh, the Miami Dolphins maybe earning the wild card spot in the AFC. Hey, you should put down a, a $10 future bet on them to make the playoffs. I swear to God I will. I'll put it in. We'll post it on my Twitter. Um, oh okay, so Ian, Ian, you go ahead because I've been. I'm going to finish this beer before I start my dumpster fire of the week. What, what's yours? My dumpster fire of the week would happen to be the Houston Astros. Did you hear about this story? Hang on, um, this or was it the was it the whistling? It was what you're talking about. Uh, it's actually a combination because they used a few different methods of basically. Using technology to steal signs, which I'm not sure if you knew this, uh, you're not supposed to do that. And it's, it's basically considered like gamesmanship to figure out what the signs are uh, if you're in the middle of the game. But if you are actually recording it and then giving the chance for the dugout to figure out what's going on within a second of them giving the sign. It's very clear that you're using a camera, and that's a, that's a no-no in baseball. They didn't even have replay until, like, two years ago, so they're not big on technology. And someone showed... Well, can, someone showed the... Considering they still wear, uh, the, they still wear flax pants and, and flax jerseys like it's the fucking 1860s... Um, I'd say they're really not hip with the times, but continue. Uh, in case you were wondering why this makes a difference, the, cha- the difference in batting average for Jose Altuve was .15 in the home and away games. That was the difference. He was hitting over 300 at home versus away in those games. And I believe uh, that's, that's a double. 
Uh, and, and in case you're wondering, that's good. That is very good. Uh, Alex, there were a couple of people. I think Guriel was about the same, uh, but like just equal at both locations. But like Bregman, like they're big hitters were ones that were just absolutely smoking it at home. And some could argue that a bit of that is just because they're more comfortable with the area and they know where to hit it. But just that big of a difference cannot be excused with just with just saying, oh, he likes the home cooking. The... Uh, and then the best part about it was the absolute fucking nerve. I think it was the manager for the for the Astros had when someone suggested someone suggested that they were whistling in as an indicator sort of in the same same vein as the the hammering on the on the trash can. And so what ended up happening is it was brought up to the the manager and he said if that's all it would have taken to uh thrown thrown off the Yankees then we would have been practicing that in spring training motherfucker you were doing it okay so um interesting points in uh i hope they get fucking uh i get the i hope they get the hammer thrown at them i was listening to barstool radio today and i th- i think that might happen cuz uh as you mentioned uh, the MLB doesn't like technology, and they really don't like it when people cheat, and I think they're going to try to set a precedent here not for anybody else in the future to do this. What do they do in this situation? Because I don't follow baseball super closely. Do they just take draft picks? What, what do they do? Well, um, probably a scholarship ban. I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> Will they give them know. the death penalty? Could they cut? I mean, they could cut the cap. I could see them cutting the cap. Um, they don't have a cap. Well, or giving yeah, them a cap. No. I could see him giving him a cap because taking the wins away, taking the wins away doesn't do shit, right? Like, okay, you can't claim a World Series, but everyone's still going to think that you won the World Series. I don't know what you do. Probably take draft picks for a long time. It has to time. be draft picks. Find, find the player, find the, uh, the team, find whoever was responsible, and then draft picks. But right. then again, I mean, they won the World Series. What the fuck do they care about draft picks? They don't give a shit. They don't give a shit. They'll be back. It's professional. It's professional sports. I mean, look at the Patriots, right? Very funny. Okay. All right. Well, my dumpster fire of the week uh, is my personal safety. <laughs> so that's a great um, way of setting this up. As I as I alluded to uh, as I alluded to earlier in the podcast, uh, there was a guy, uh, Michael DeAndre Camacho. Um, side note, he's I'm been arrested. I'm sorry, Camacho? You mean Camacho. Like, you mean like from Idiocracy? I've never seen Idiocracy, but sure. Um, this guy uh, had been arrested. He was 24, 25. He'd been arrested twice and been to jail twice, both for armed robbery and kidnapping. Um, somehow he didn't learn his lesson the first time. That ar- Is that, that bad? Ro- Are you not supposed to do that? Typically when I rob someone, I don't take a weapon. Um, How do you rob them then? That would be burglary. It's a much different crime. <laughs> it's much less frowned upon. Still it's very much... frowned upon, but much less frowned upon. If I'm stealing somebody's cookies from the break room, I typically don't take a pistol with me. Okay. <laughs> okay, so that's where you and I differ. The uh, <laughs> uh, Anytime I think of burglary, I immediately think of, I think it was the Shawshank Redemption where the guy says... Yeah, well, I was sneaking out of the uh, sneaking out of the store, carrying a uh, television with me, and the police officer said, uh, "Shine his flashlight at me, pointed his gun at me, and said, drop it, put your put your hands in the air.'" And I just kind of stood there, and he said, "Boy, didn't you hear me?" I said, "Yes, sir, I did. But if I drop this, then you've also got me on destruction of property too." <laughs> All time, you know that, side note here, did you know that movie was, like, very unsuccessful in theaters? Oh, yeah. I don't know how. That is my favorite movie of all time. It's a cult classic, dude. Morgan Freeman, I don't even know the lead actor's name. Tim Robbins. Yeah, great, great film. Great film. Um, Anyway, Michael DeAndre Camacho, shot dead on the 20th floor. Um, 
I was uh, glad to I see was... we're using government names on this. Yes. So uh, I, I mean, I... it's not like he'll be upset. No. <laughs> no. And, and judging by his past record, I feel like he was probably due to get shot. Because at some point, when you rob someone at gunpoint, someone else is going to have a gun. You know? It's typically how it works. Especially um, in the South. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, like, I was uh, right after this happened, I went and was looking at, like, uh, open carry laws because I don't have my concealed yet. And I can walk around the city of Charlotte with a pistol on my hip and no one can say anything to me, which just makes this town so great. You know? What a great law. Like, you want to carry a gun? Sure, you can walk down the street with a gun. We can't well, stop That reminds you. me. Living in Virginia, I should probably buy any guns I want to own uh, in the near future because it's basically going the way of uh, the People's Republic of Maryland up north because of the influence of D.C. on Nova. Spin Zone. The, Demo- the, the NRA funds the Democratic Party's anti-gun laws. So that gun sales stay high during times like these. That's Prove me in, wrong. That's an interesting theory. Um, it does raise the question of if they get passed, then how exactly will that continue? I haven't gotten that far yet, but okay. Back to my back to my dumpster fire of the week. Um, so shot dead in the hallway. Um, they shut down the building. They don't That's tell any of us. It was in the hallway. Yeah, like right outside the elevator. Oh, that means that it's your your rent money is going towards cleaning it. I know, right? As opposed to his sec- actually, they can probably use a security deposit. He won't need it. <laughs> he wasn't a resident here. He didn't live here. So oh. that's the problem, okay, is that he, he got fucking shot, and they don't know who did it. Witnesses are not cooperating, um, and I was I don't know very, why you're talking about yourself in the third person. Like I, was, I was, luckily I live on the 15th floor, so the blood didn't quite make it down to my doorstep. Um, but I, I was curious... Uh, about this, and I was doing a little research online. On October 30th, someone had $15,000 in cash stolen out of their apartment that they reported to the police. Number one, why you keep, why you would report that to the police is beyond me, because because why are you keeping $15,000 in cash in an apartment complex? Ian, do you have any reason why that would happen? Um, a doomsday prepper, but they wouldn't be living in an apartment complex. Uh, let me think. A stripper? That hasn't made it to the bank and is really good at her job. A prostitute, a prostitute, uh, who's also very good at her job or his job. We, we we're an open. Oh, let's be real. No, we're not. It's no, it's, we're not. Uh, it's a prostitute. It's a her. Uh, the or most likely a drug dealer. So so I. I... I went to this meeting today um, with the crime analysis division of CMPD, and they, I was hoping they would be able to tell us who the fuck killed him so I could feel a little bit better because the guy still lives here, apparently. And uh, What makes you think are... that he definitely lives there? They could have been robbing someone together. Ooh. The, the killer. But, and... Well, here's the thing guy. is there's, there's cameras everywhere. There's cameras in the elevators. There's cameras in the stairs. Like You have to swipe in with a fob like six times to get up here. It's not like... You can just waltz in, hop on the elevator, and knock on somebody's door. You got to know somebody that lives here or live here to get up to the 20th floor. So they gave us a little sheet of all the things that have been reported in, uh, in um, Sky House uh, this year. And uh, there were four robberies, th- five drugs or narcotics violations. Um, only one simple, I'm sorry, four simple assaults, one murder. What is a simple assault? I don't know. Probably assault with your hands. Uh, also, yeah, it wouldn't have a deadly weapon. Wouldn't be aggravated assault either. It's probably just, uh, well, it's also worth noting that assault is not the same thing as battery. Battery is when you actually strike someone. Assault is threatening to kill someone or hurt them. So... I didn't know that. Yep. I always thought battery was just one of those things that just doesn't, they just use it because it sounds cool. No, assault is the threat of violence. 
whereas battery is the engagement of violence. And it's usually assault and battery, because usually you make actions that are threatening before actually striking someone, but it doesn't necessarily have to be. Like, if you were to uh, sucker punch someone from behind, that wouldn't necessarily be assault and battery. It would just be battery, because there was... I, I believe because there was no threat involved, it just kind of happened. But I'm also not a lawyer, so... Uh, there's that also. Thank God for that. Um, so I, I did a little research here, um, and we won't get down the lawyer path. Uh, I didn't do research, but I, I found it interesting. I, I'm being moved to the South Tower because the South Tower is, is more expensive, therefore it's inherently safer. Oh, going with the... And, uh, and we, won't, with... We, won't, we won't get into the Fair Housing Act today. Um, we'll stay away from that. But um, I'm you're, just saying... You're taking if, the gentrification approach. Exactly. I'm saying if you can afford to pay $2,000 a month in rent, you're probably not murdering anybody. Oh, Christ. Whereas, whereas, whereas well, luckily they're not raising my rent. They're going to let me keep my poor person rent in the nice tower, which will be, which will be sweet. Um, so, so I did a little I, – I, I was comparing because they gave us both towers here and, and the crimes that have been committed. Um, most of the crimes in the South Tower, disturbance, disturbance, loitering for money, suspicious person, loitering, um, check the welfare of. Uh, there's only been one rape, which is good. Um, All sounding mo- like rich white people crimes. Most of these are like home. Literally one crime is just homeless people. Um, so th- these are all calls, not crimes. But the point of it is disturbance, disturbance, loitering, loitering. That's all homeless people that hang out around because you're, you're, we're in urban uptown Charlotte. Of course, you're going to see that. Uh, only one person has tried to kill themselves, so it must not be that bad over there. Um, well, my point, if you move there, that might go up to two. My point, <laughs> we'll cross that bridge when we get to it, literally and figuratively. I think you mean um, jump off that bridge when we get to it. But... <laughs> uh, but what was interesting to me is that these are all kind of like very basic, normal crimes. I mean, you know, nothing like, you know, a lot of these are like homeless people. But when you go to the North Tower, as I flip the page over, um, you've got check the welfare of, which is six. So either six people just disappeared or like didn't show up to work. Um, drug possession is twice as high. Um, larceny is twice as high. Noise complaint there were none at the other one. There are three here. One animal attack, one animal cruelty. Uh, three cases of domestic violence, none in the other tower. Uh, harassing phone calls. Um, only a phys- you know, some physical assault, armed robbery. These, it's amazing to me, and we could go down this. This honestly could be a whole nother, a whole nother fucking podcast, but... The difference between, you know, a couple hundred dollars a month in rent and the type of crimes that happen in buildings. But anyway, that's my dumpster F fire of the week. I could have got shot Saturday night coming home shit faced from the bar. Um, unfortunately, we're still alive and kicking. Yeah. Just waiting uh, for my breakout opportunity. Any uh, any update from old Ronnie as we move into oh, well, of the week? As you as it so happens, Ronnie is uh, is getting in trouble at work. Not sure if you heard about this. My God, you'd have thought he killed somebody on Fifth Avenue. It is unbelievable what they're what's he's going through. Just screaming like super boomer things like. All on, all on the interweb, the social media sites, talking about how it's a witch hunt and people are just out to get him. No, Ronnie, you just tried to fuck over your coworker. We all have been there. But guess what? Yeah, guess what? Just because uh, you don't like your coworkers doesn't mean you can just throw them under the bus like that. Just trying to report him to HR for no reason. Yeah, I feel I mean, like Ronnie. I feel like Ronnie's not a big CYA guy. Yeah, no, he's he's very much just like all out. Very if, if you've learned anything, because he just seems to always be finding himself in these sorts of situations. Uh, I mean, he's been my boomer of the week every week, and it's impressive that he just keeps making his way there. But there's there's now people explaining why he is actually the one 
who stole all the food out of the fridge and then blamed it on uh, on Toby. What does uh, Ronnie do? Co-worker. What's he do? I believe uh, I'm not uh, I'm not really familiar. I believe he works in construction because I kept hearing so much about cranes. Oh yeah, okay. He's building something, right? Oh yeah, what's he building? Hmm. Some kind of fence. It's like a big fence, right? <laughs> I don't know, but you'd think you'd need a crane for something like that. A pretty huge crane to build something the way that uh, he, he the way that he's been talking at least. Interesting guy this Ronnie character. A true oh, yeah. boomer. Seems like it'd be a great he'd be a great time out at the bar. So what do you think's gonna happen with uh with, with uh him at work? Do you think they're gonna fire him? I don't know. I think he's got enough support in the uh, upper management that he'll be fine. But there's a lot of people that don't seem to like him very much. His contract's up in a cup. What? What? Next year, right? Yeah, but I don't know. I feel like th- th- his connections at management might get him uh, another renewal. You'd be surprised. Interesting. Interesting guy. We'll have to. We'll, we'll keep our tabs here on Ronnie. I'm, I'm sure as he, as he. Uh, He's now made it, uh, what, four or five weeks straight as Boomer of the Week. It's um, pretty impressive. Pretty impressive stuff. Um, well, I guess on my end, my Boomer of the Week, um, actually, we go back to my uh, shitty-ass apartment complex. And uh, I was getting on the elevator, I guess it was Tuesday morning. It was Tuesday morning. And it's 7.30 in the morning. And I am not – at that point, I had been awake for like 20 minutes. I'm not fully – awake yet right you know i'm not aware i'm just kind of going through the motions get on the elevator and there's this woman high heels she's probably 65 or 60 and uh i step on and like i've got my phone out i'm checking the weather i'm just on twitter just trying to get my bearings and she's like good morning and i just kind of mumbled like good morning and and, and, you know i'm kind of sitting there like thinking like lady it's 7.30 in the morning. I don't even want to talk to myself. Better yet, a stranger. Well, okay? in fairness, no one really wants to talk to you at exactly. any point of the day. Exactly. And I've, I've made it a habit, and I can thank Scott Van Pelt for this, um, because it is 2020, and I think we have to be aware of our surroundings and aware of how other people feel. Uh, I've made it a habit. When I ride the elevator with a woman of any age that's by herself, I always get off the elevator first. Because if you don't, and they get off the elevator first, or you wait for them to get off, while it may be a nice gesture, it can make it can make her feel very um, uncomfortable. And the thing about that is, you know, she can feel like she's being followed. Um, so I make it a point, like, not to follow them off the elevator. So she gets mad at me that I didn't wait for her to get off the elevator because I'm sorry, lady, I don't want to come off as a stalker because maybe when you were a child, everyone was nice and didn't rape girls. But in today's day and age, men have to be conscious of how women feel around other, uh, around men. So uh, I, you got to, you know, and I don't know if you know this, Ian, you know, SVP kind of said like when you're by yourself, Get off the elevator, but first, if there's another woman on the elevator. And the idea behind that is, like, women could feel like they're being followed, right? Especially in the morning or or, or late at night. If you get off the elevator first, they know you're not following them. You're just going to do your thing. So I get off the elevator first, and she gets fucking pissed. She makes this comment. She's like, oh, I guess you can get off the elevator first. I bet you won't even hold the door for me. And so I can hear her and I just kind of like smirk and keep walking and I held the door open for her. But what a fucking boomer thing that is. Like, lady, you have no idea that I got off that elevator first on purpose and not because I was just being a dickhead. You wouldn't know if I was being a dickhead. I was on the ele- – I got – you were already on the elevator. I stood right by the door. I got off the elevator first because I was the first one by the door. Fuck you. Sorry I ruined your day. Fucking stupid boomer. Anyway, I digress. Yeah, dumb bitch. Dumb bitch. What an idiot. Fucking idiot. Anyway. Got All right. So now that that's off my chest and I'm not so angry anymore, how about we do uh, we do some picks there, Ian? 
That sounds absolutely lovely. So, uh, let's start with some college football. Would you like to get started, or would you like me to? Uh, you know, I'm going to go out there and go ahead and get started and tell you that I absolutely love Auburn plus three, 3.30 on CBS this Saturday over Georgia. Um, 37% of the tickets, 63% on Georgia. Um, that line has moved from plus two and a half to plus three to Auburn, so really not a whole lot of movement for the number of tickets. Um, probably some money on Georgia there. That line's kind of bounced between two and a half and three. But this just seems like a sucker line where everyone's going to look at it and say, you know, Georgia's good. All they got to do is win. You know, that, that little field goal, two and a half, three number can get a lot of amateur betters in, and, and that's why I like Auburn in that game. Yeah, I, uh, I got the line at two and a half, and that's why I really like uh, UGA. I think that they probably end up winning a close game, probably by three by a field goal over Auburn. I think it's going to be tight with some good defense. Uh, I think that the play of Jake Fromm is going to lead probably either a, a comeback or a fourth quarter drive generally to put them up by enough that uh, leaves it just out of reach of Auburn to come back. Uh, that's why I think that the the two and a half points. I'll give up those two and a half points. Okay, um, moving on to Oklahoma Baylor. Uh, that line right now has moved from eight and a half to ten and a half in Oklahoma's favor. Once again, uh, really going against the public here. Forty-one percent of the tickets on Oklahoma, but that with that line movement moving in their favor, I I think you buy the hook. You buy the whole point down to nine and a half, and uh, I I love Oklahoma in this game. I don't think Baylor's that good. We played well with them and we turned around and got smacked by Texas Tech. You know. Baylor's pulled out a lot of close games, and I think it's finally going to catch up to him against Oklahoma. That's actually why I think I'm going to take the points with Baylor. It's not because I think they're going to win. I think Oklahoma's going to win. And I think that this is a good line because I think it's going to be about 10 points. Uh, but I think that the 10.5 is just half a point too many. I think that Baylor will keep it close enough, probably lose by a touchdown, maybe 10 points. And that's going to be what uh, – so I think that the line will save me, but I don't think Baylor wins this game outright. <clears throat> Fair enough. Yeah, I, I don't think they do either. But um, obviously with Oklahoma, nine and a half. Um, I guess we can move on to my Stone Cold Lock of the Week, and I'm really going to put my nuts on the line here. Uh, this is a big one. Mississippi State plus 17 and a half against Alabama at home. I think this could be a little bit of a hangover game for Alabama coming off that LSU LSU game. I think Alabama probably wins by two touchdowns. That line has moved from 19 to 17 and a half in Mississippi State's uh, or towards Alabama, or I guess towards Mississippi State. Um, only 11% of tickets on the Bulldogs, but with that line movement, all the sharp money's on Mississippi State here. Um, I feel like that's kind of a sucker line. I think people are going to think Alabama's going to come out and smoke them. Uh, I would be surprised if we see a lot of Tua due to his injury. So I like the Bulldogs there. It's a nice nooner. Um, Alabama will probably be pretty flat and hungover, and I think Mississippi State's going to come out pretty fired up and hoping to maybe get a, a big win over Alabama. I I wouldn't bet this game because I just don't I don't like that line. I think it's too many points. Uh, but I I disagree that they'll come out flat. I think they'll come out angry because they'll see last week as a game that they should have won because they had it uh, they had it within striking distance and they just failed to they failed to follow up they failed to uh, meet the qualifications and they're gonna be Nick Saban's gonna have a fire lit under their ass. I think they'll win by three touchdowns, maybe four. And so, um, but I wouldn't bet on this. It's my stone cold lock of the week, baby. But that's okay. Whatever you say. Any other games you want to pick this week? Uh, I I like Minnesota getting three points at Iowa. Uh, I know we touched on it earlier in the podcast, but I think Minnesota's performance last week against Penn State, yes, it was at home, and they'll be traveling to Iowa. And like you said, it is their first tough road game of the season. But I think that Minnesota has uh, – Iowa has just not, not played – as well as you would expect them to all year and that they've kept games close 
but they haven't really shined in any particular situation. So I think that I wouldn't be surprised if Iowa ended up winning, but I think that a minute it'll be a close game if they do, and so that's why I'm I'm okay with taking the points on that. That's a sucker line. I like I like Iowa there as we touched on earlier. Um, other notes here, really. I, West Virginia is actually kind of a good pick at 14 with the way the line movements. There's some sharp money on West Virginia, but there's no fucking way I'd bet us. Oh, yeah, um, no. I That was my other pick was minus 14.5 KSU. Yeah, there's no way i pick us. Also, another interesting line here, Iowa State uh, minus 7. I think you buy that hook down to 6.5, and, a half and I, I would, I'm going to hammer Iowa State against Texas. Texas is not good. Iowa State's playing with a lot of vigor right now. I think they're trying to get into that New Year's 6 range. Um so, yeah, I like those fighting Matt Campbells there at, at minus six and a half over Texas. It's going to be cold. Texas is going to be out of their element. Um, what do you think the chances are that someone uh, lures Matt Campbell away from Iowa State this year? So, Bob Stoops is going to Florida State. Um, that deal hasn't been announced yet. You, you heard it here first um, to our two listeners that have probably followed me on Instagram and saw my post today. Um, I don't know who would take him. I don't think Arkansas will get him. Um, Arkansas is really high on Houston Nutt right now. Uh, this year, maybe not. That's one of those things, though, that Iowa State's been such a goddamn dumpster fire for so long that if, if he's successful there, I think they're going to pay him a lot of money to stay. Um, it's a passionate I'll be honest, fan I'm, base. I feel, like, I feel like that's more of a – I could be wrong. I feel like that's more of a basketball school, though. They are, but I mean, they're 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 feeling the success with football, and I think they're seeing how much revenue it's generating. Um, and you know, football is the big gen- revenue generator for any college that has a good program. So I, I could see them paying him to stay this year. I don't see him going anywhere. There won't be any jobs that open up or that are that attractive. Arkansas is not a very attractive job, and Florida State's obviously hiring Bob Stoops. You don't think that there's a chance that Michigan uh, could fire Jim Harbaugh? That would be a place I could see him ending up with his roots in Toledo. Um, but I don't think Harbaugh's gone this year. Mm, I don't know. I still think that if I still think that if he loses to Ohio State, that a nine and three season is not going to be a great look for him. <sighs> I mean, it's going to be a case of the Polinis if they fire him, but I guess we're just going to have to wait and see. I mean, that's the one thing you look for in a, in a Michigan head coach is the ability to beat Ohio State, and he just hasn't been able to. But if he does it this year, he's locked up for at least another year too. Their, their oh, recruiting yeah. class is really oh, yeah. good. You know, so it'll be it'll be interesting for sure. I can see okay. him going to Michigan, but that's that's about the only place I could see him maybe going right now. That's that's honestly the per, the place I had in mind, and so that's why I was thinking Mi- about Michigan it. or if Brian Kelly gets picked up by the NFL, I could see him at Notre Dame. I don't know why anyone is looking at Brian Kelly for the NFL. I don't, I don't see him transitioning well to the NFL. No, no, but that's just a classic move. You coach at Notre Dame, then you go to the NFL, and you fall flat on your face. That's fair. Uh, so. Uh, any more picks in college? No, nope. let's uh, let's move on over to the NFL. Okay. Uh, first pick I have is probably the. I think it's pro- uh, probably the game of the week is Houston visiting Baltimore. Uh, I I think that I have the line at minus four Baltimore, and I'm taking I'm taking Baltimore on that. I think that they're they blitz more than fifty percent of the time, and that offensive line has no idea what to do with itself. Uh, I it's still they've improved since last year when uh, Deshaun Watson couldn't fly on an airplane and had to take a fucking bus because he was getting so beat up. But he's Deshaun Watson's only had I think two games where he wasn't sacked in his entire career, and I think that uh, his stats show out that when he's under pressure, he has a much worse performance. And then not to mention the idea, the fact that J.J. Watt is no longer on this defense. That's not a good sign when Lamar Jackson is playing at an MVP level. I think that Baltimore wins by 7, maybe 10 points. 
So in a, in a classic uh, case of following the, the podcast name, 40% of the tickets on the Texans, but the line has moved uh, towards the Texans from five to, from plus five to plus four. So just for that reason alone, even though you made all valid logical points, it's the NFL and logic is thrown out the window. Uh, As we I, saw this past week. Uh, 100%. So I, I like the Texans to cover that. I think they lose by a field goal. So I, did, I think, we t- did we touch on the fact that the Falcons beat the Saints? Because of their pass rush? I just like you know, to the, pretend the Falcons don't exist. Well, <laughs> so does Atlanta. The The Falcons, this is just a fun statistic that I like to throw out. The Saints coming into this week and this past week had the best pass protection in accordance with sacks in the league. The Falcons had seven sacks total in their first, I think it would be eight games of the season. They nearly doubled it by getting six sacks and just pounding the pounding the Saints, which raises concerns for the Saints moving forward because I believe they suffered a couple injuries on the offensive line. Well, that would explain all the sacks. Yes, it would. Uh, but now moving on to yet another game, I have uh, New England versus Philadelphia. The line is minus three and a half New England being favored, and I think that this is... I think it's you got to go with New England on this. I think that the Philadelphia offense has been sort of touch and go, and they will almost certainly cough the ball up against a defense that was embarrassed the last time they were shown the field. Not to mention there were two weeks for Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels and that coaching staff to prepare for this game. Uh, it's an interesting look, and... There's a lot more time for Muhammad Sanu to get in there. I think it'll probably be a one-touchdown win for the Pats. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if it were closer. That three-and-a-half, that extra half point does scare me a little. This is another sucker line, man. Just for all the reasons you say, it's like, oh, New England, three-and-a-half, that's a fucking lock. No, I, I'm, I'm on the Eagles here. I'm going against you again. I, I like the Eagles three-and-a-half. I maybe buy it to four-and-a-half just to – calm my nerves a little bit but I think this is going to be a field goal game it's the it's I think it's America's game of the week at 4 30 there um in Philadelphia uh it's going to be cold first it's not the first but it's a it's a challenge for the Patriots obviously they're fucking incredible but it's the NFL nothing makes sense 20 percent of the tickets on the Eagles I'm taking the Eagles it is worth noting that there is no safer bet in all of the NFL uh than New England uh, they consistently okay, win okay, against the okay, spread. Okay, all right. Heard I'm this a million saying, times. Even, Heard it yeah, a million I'm, times. Heard it a million times. I'm saying calling it a sucker bet is not... It's a sucker bet. It's a sucker bet. The average better looks at this and says, New England, three and a half, that's easy money. And then they don't cover. It's just, New, it's just the way New Vegas, covers the way Vegas works. Vegas does, not, season. Vegas does not want to lose their ass to the Patriots like they always do. And this is a classic Vegas setup where they get all this shitload of money on the Patriots and they lose it all, and, and everyone loses it all because the Eagles come out and actually play a decent game. Agree to disagree. That's right. That's right. Okay, one more. What you got? What's your last one? My last one is the Dallas Cowboys visiting Detroit. So, just out of curiosity, is this another sucker bet? Uh, I'm trying to find it on here. I can't see it. It's not on my, uh, it's not on my trends page. So, uh, I don't know. What's the line? It's minus three Dallas. How is this not on here? I'm going to have to sit this one out. I don't know. Minus three Dallas visiting the Lions. No, because the Lions are actually somewhat decent. There's someone, I know they have a backup quarterback right now. Uh, Stafford's, I think, was questionable. Um, Stafford has a fractured back. Yeah, he's, he's questionable. <laughs> yeah, uh, they lo- the, the Lions lost to the Bears last week, who are significantly worse than the Dallas Cowboys. And it is worth noting that... If Kellen Moore and the offense would, and mostly I blame it on Jason Garrett, if they would just throw the fucking ball on first down, almost exclusively, 
then they would probably win 12, 13 games this year. But because they re- because Jason Garrett seems to refuse to do that, uh, there's a chance that this might not work out. I Detroit's okay this season. Dallas has more talent. Dak Prescott's playing at a top lo- at a top tier that I honestly didn't expect from him. Contract the, year. It's fair. It is a contract year. But it's amazing what a good offensive coordinator and Kellen Moore will do for you. I think that they end up winning uh, probably by four. Uh, I honestly three is. I'd probably buy it down to two and a half just because three is probably where I expect it. Probably a, a last-minute uh, field goal by Maher to win the game is what I'm expecting, but that's what I'm looking at. Well, <clears throat> just to say fuck you, um, I like the Lions to win this one outright. Uh, just so that we can disagree on every fucking game this 100%, week. 100%. 100% so we can disagree on every game. Uh, I'm taking the Lions, and on that note, um, I only drank three beers. Not that impressive, but it, thanks for uh, thanks for tuning in, and uh, we appreciate your time to our two listeners. And don't forget to fade the public. Don't forget to fade the public, bitches. <laughs>